Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Draft Sickos here on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. I am not Maxwell Baumbach. I think that you can tell that by the way that I talk and the way that I look here. But uh, Maxwell is out just doing dad duty. I could totally relate to that. But don't worry. I'm not alone. I have called in for the big guns to help me out on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, I have Corey Tulliba. Corey, what's up, man? How are we doing? Steven, man, I, I'm so excited to be here, man. I feel like it's been a minute since we uh, got to chop it up just like this, mano y mano, uh, before we get started. Look, I want to officially thank you for your service, just just so we're all clear, because I feel like we don't need a day for that, man. I feel like we should appreciate that just in general. So I want to say thank you. <laughs> well, Corey, I, I want to say thank you and you're welcome for my service, for one, uh, for a lot of people who don't know, uh, Corey has <laughs> relentlessly not thanked me for my service. Like anytime there's like this uh, military appreciation day. And uh, I've always appreciated that about you, Corey, because uh, you, you share like these kind of like uh, sarcastic things and just make light of it. And I think you get it because sometimes it can be a little bit awkward when someone will thank me for my service. Like I'm always appreciative for like the the, the thought that goes behind it. But I don't really always know how to respond. You know what I mean? It's always like a weird thing. Oh, you're welcome that uh, that I work in the military, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, um, how's everything been going with you, man? I know um, people might not be aware of this now, but we just saw each other a few hours ago. We have a big project mm -hmm. that's going to be dropping for no ceilings. But how's the weekend overall been treating you? Uh, weekend's been, been solid, man. Um, you know, my basketball season has started for the team the the varsity team that i coach um we haven't had an official game yet but we 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 finished our last scrimmage yesterday and uh you know let's just say over our last three scrimmages we're about a plus 100 so you know i'm feeling pretty good entering the season um so i i yesterday i saw stony brook versus wagner uh there you go real draft sicko type stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's been a, a lot of hoops for me and I'm excited to, you know, chop it up about some, some deep cuts, just, you know, bouncing around. Uh, you know, I know we both gave each other like five guys to fit some criteria. So I'm, I'm excited to hear your perspective on, you know, a bunch of the guys that I chose and um, get to tell you the perspective from the guys that you chose. Yeah, man, it's going to be exciting. Like you mentioned, this is like the first time I was actually talking to my wife about this. She was asking about the show and everything. And I was like, well, I'm re recording with Corey. And I was trying to recall the last time that we did like some one on one work together. And it might have been like, I don't even know if we did one last year. It might have been the year before. Yeah. On draft act. But yeah, I'm excited, man. And uh, we got a great list of names, very in keeping with the uh, draft sickos mantra that we have here. Um for everyone listening, we have a couple of surprise players. We're going to talk about a few returners that we like. And of course, we got to talk about some sleepers. But Corey, you, you came with the heat, man. So let's dive right <laughs> into the first surprise player. Uh, 
And I don't know if surprise player was just another category where we can maybe talk about even more sleepers or yeah. maybe guys that we had expectations on that maybe even surpassed them. But the first guy that you wanted to talk about, man, was Malik Mack out of Harvard. And a yeah. name that both you and I brought up for the exercise uh, that we did earlier today. Yeah. What What about Mack has, uh, has you excited about him this year? Mack's interesting. I um, Usually when I discover a player – you know, that, or a player pops up on like, um, one of my like stats based queries that I, I run for the stuff that I value from prospects. If I haven't seen that player in particular, I'll run through the film. Right. And if I like what I see, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's write this name down. If not, you know, say maybe I'll revisit it if the stats keep up. Cause this was early in the season, mind you, but usually yeah. I'll text like Maxwell, um, because you know, he's a sicko and, this dude knows players on teams that I didn't even know existed. Um, so when, when I texted him, I was like, yo, have you watched Malik Mack yet? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, you should watch this kid because <laughs> he is fun, man. When, uh, you know, he he started out hot early in the season, right? And he was putting up these these big numbers. And it was against, like, you know, inferior competition, Uh I think there was a D3 school, you know, in there as a lot of these teams do to try to warm themselves up. Sure. But then he started cooking against some of the higher level competition, you know, mm-hmm. the Boston College, the UMass, the Indiana. Uh, you know, it's not his Harvard schedule has not been, you know, a cupcake schedule. They played Loyola, Chicago, and he just kept hooping. Like he just kept putting up big numbers. So, when I look at him, one, I love lefties. Who doesn't, right? Yeah. Uh, aesthetically. This draft class is full of them, by the way. It's, yeah. it's weird how many <laughs> lefties there are. Yeah, So and and he's just got the kind of playground-style game that I love. Like, he's long. He's smooth. He's got, like, the herky-jerky. He's got wiggle, shake, mm-hmm. um, change of pace. He's just everything from a point guard, like, that he does on the court is what I like to watch. Uh, so he's just somebody that I think is super intriguing. Like he played, you know, in the, in the Nike EYBL, he wasn't like, um, you know, the star of the team or anything. He played, uh, with, um, the Maryland kid, uh, Oh yeah. Harris Smith. Harris Smith. Um, and, but now he's kind of got his own team. Obviously he's a high IQ guy, you know, he's playing at Harvard, right? So this is a kid who's, who's a smart kid and he went to a situation where he was like, all right, like I can get a, you know, arguably the best education in, in the world and also be the engine on the team to kind of show what I have as a star. And he is doing that right now. Um, I know that there are questions about his size because he's about six one, but I think that his wingspan is pretty solid. Like he looks like he's yeah. got really good length, right? And while he's not like, traditionally athletic in the sense of you think he's like crazy bouncy. I do think that like he's athletic in a functional way on a basketball court and it helps him, you know, play in a way that he can use his athleticism. So he might not be yamming on somebody's head, but he has enough hang time in his jumps that he can kind of go like up and under and finish with craft. And, you know, so he's, he's, got that he's got like the shooting at all three levels 
He's got touch on floaters. Like, I don't know. I think the kid is just like super solid um, offensively, almost everywhere. Like he's got the court vision. He can make, you know, he could paint the corner. He can make drop off passes. Um, he can hit the the little pocket pass off the roll. He can go over the top. He's just, he's a, he's really impressed me so far. And the numbers bear it out. Like he's been incredibly impactful. He's been one of the, you know, top five to 10 most impactful uh, freshmen in college basketball by the numbers um, so far. So uh, yeah, big, big fan. The minute I turned on the tape. Yeah. I mean, me too. So I'll, I'll go through my notes here. I, I, of course I noted another lefty in this class with a big exclamation point at the end. I mentioned too that the herky jerky dribble cadences that he plays with lights out shooter from deep uh, can hit off the catch off movement and the bounce. Right. So if you're going to be one of these kind of sub six, four guards, it's, it's helpful that you can shoot out of pretty much any set. Right. Um, I even noted that I would be interested to know what his wingspan is because it seems significant. Like if he sits in a chair, does his knuckles hit the ground? You know, like that's kind (laughs) of what I'm seeing. Um, I think that he's got good vision too. I think that one thing that he has to improve on, and he's a freshman, right? So, I mean, a lot of these lead guard handlers have a lot of things that they can improve at, um, especially, you know, at at that age. I think that sometimes he can dribble in the traffic without really knowing what his escape route is going to be. And I think that might be, you know, just a function of the team that he plays on, things of that nature. But uh, I think that it's something that he could stand to improve. Uh, he seems just confident in everything that he does on offense. And you talked about some of the metrics that he has. He's in the 91st percentile per synergy on jumpers, 95th percentile in catch and shoots, 90th percentile in dribble jump- jumpers. And that's on about 50 attempts already this season, man. Yeah. Um, 75th percentile in runners. Defensively, I'd be interested to see what you think. I don't, I, to me, there's not much to write home about either way. You know, I mean, synergy mm-hmm. has him graded out in the 55th percentile. I think he leaves a little bit to be desired, but I don't know how much of that is just because he does so much for this team offensively. Is he one of these guys that is going to take a couple of plays off on that end? Because I don't think that his closeout efforts are always there. But the thing that I did notice is that his effort did seem to be even greater against some of these more marquee matchups that he had, like say against Indiana, for example, I thought that his defense looked about as good as it had all year long. Do you think that there's a little bit of concern on that end? Like, where are you at with him defensively? Yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, when I'm looking at these guys, I'm not like thinking, is his defense going to hamper Harvard's chance to win games? Right. Like I'm thinking, what is his defense going to look like at an NBA level? If he is a legit like 2024 NBA draft prospect this year. Right. And right now, like physically, I don't think he's at the point where he can compete on an NBA floor defensively. Right. Um, I think that his wingspan certainly helps him. Right. Like in in that regard, because I like we've talked about, I think he's got a really great wingspan. I think he's got quick hands. I think he slides his feet well. Um, I think he, he guards with his chest a lot, which I like. But, you know, he doesn't have that strength that a guy like a Davion Mitchell had coming out of college, right? Where he could be a little undersized, but he's not really physically overmatched no matter if he gets switched. Like I think teams would abuse him on switches. Um, So there's definitely worry as far as like, is he ready for NBA minutes next year? Like I would say no, but I think, you know, if he's a guy that is coming out this year, he's, he's going to be on an NBA roster. He, builds up that physicality, gets in the weight room. 
get some reps in the G League, and then you know, hopefully, he's a guy that can step onto that floor because he can handle the defensive side of it and not get mismatched on a lot of these big wings that have you know been drafted recently and over the years, and you know, now that's the you know so many of them in the league, um, and. But at the end of the day, I think he's the type of guy, his offense has to be good enough where you can live with it. And I think there's a legit chance of that um, because I think he's a sniper. I mean, he's like 48 um, from the floor. Let's see, he's 48, 49, uh, 48 from the floor, uh, 86 from the free throw line, 48 from three, right? So like it's a pretty legitimate shooter uh, at all levels. So Again, he's an offensive guy. Can he survive is the question right now. Again, I would be like, probably not. Um, yeah. He dies on screens because he's not strong enough to get through them all the time. But I also think, like you mentioned, like because he is the engine, he's probably going to not go all out on that end. But I think that he's got a good frame. like He's yeah. got broad shoulders. So I think that he'll get there. He's young. He's just got to spend some time grinding in the weight room a little bit, get stronger. He might not ever look, you know, like he's going to be in a, a bodybuilding competition, but he could have that functional strength that will allow him to, you know, defend on that floor. And given his length, I think that'll be enough. Yeah, I'll wholeheartedly agree with you on that. And so I know a little bit about where you have this guy on your board, but let's just share it, right? Because I think you and I both think that sure. he's got a, a very good path uh, to the NBA, even if it's not this year perhaps even next, but I have him kind of like in this 35 to 40 range right now. And I, I wouldn't even like cap that. I think that, you know, if this kind of sustains throughout the year, maybe we see him in some postseason tournaments, NCAA tournament, or, you know, NIT, something like that. Where, where do you have him on your board? Yeah. I mean, my, my board's still kind of fluid. Like I, I I'm just having guys in ranges, but I have him in that same range as you, okay. um, which I think, and I, you know, you can let me know if you agree. I think a lot of that is like based on just the quality of players in this draft. Like I like a lot of the players in this draft, but I think in, a, you know, like let's say last year's draft, like I don't know if he'd be in that same range for me necessarily. Probably not. Um, no, probably you know, not. so I, I think it's um, that's part of it. But in this draft in particular, I'm just kind of like, how many guys can, do I think play? <laughs> yeah. You know, That's a like, fair question, I think, in this year's class, man. And I think it is opened, it's opened the floor to players like Malik Mack, who, I mean, I didn't have him on a board coming in. And I, you know, just like all of us, we pride ourselves on the amount of depth that we will cover. You know, I had hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of players on my preseason board and didn't even know who Malik Mack was. And now we're talking about him already potentially being like one of these. He's obviously been a surprise, but what's the ultimate end game with him? I mean, it, I think the rest of the season is going to bear that out for us. Yeah, for sure, man. And like, I, I really believe in his talent. Like yeah. when I, when I clip somebody and like, and I post them on like social or whatever, like I'm not trying to just be like, Hey, who went through and, and had a good game in the box score last night and try to, you know, highlight a thousand prospects. Cause it's almost like if you're, posting everybody could be a sleeper everybody is you know like a draft prospect and is is anybody you know like i try to be a little choosy um and obviously like what i'm like the the whole point of this show right is to highlight a lot of the the sicko prospects but i think he's like the perfect sicko prospect because 
he, I think is legit. You know, it's like he has shown this is sustainable and it's not just like he got hot for three games. Like right now he is doing things that it feels like he can replicate because he looks so comfortable in what he's doing. Um, So yeah, I, 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 I have him in that 35 to 40 range as well, for sure. Yeah. And you bring up great points, man. Like you, if everyone's a guy, then no one's a guy, right? Yeah. So you kind of have to kind of scrutinize and, and 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 pick like the real gems out of it, which is what we're looking to do even today, man. So uh, I think that wraps up our guy Malik. But let's talk about Otega Owe, man. I, mm-hmm. a, a guy who I know that Rucker's a big fan of. I've heard I I can see that you're obviously a fan of his as well. Um, obviously feel some type of way about him because this is the guy that I brought to the table, man. So mm-hmm. uh, playing out of Oklahoma, there's a few other guys on this team that I think that we were looking at for potentially being NBA guys. And Otega has just kind of like clawed and scratched his way into being like a real draft prospect as early as this year, man. So what is your uh, overarching feelings been about the the production that we've seen from him so far? Yeah, when you brought him to the table – um, I was like, oh, cool. I'm excited to, you know, dive into his game because this is a, a fun team that he's on, right? I don't want, you know, there's a bunch of, there's a few different dudes. And then, uh, so I started watching a little bit and then I went on my lunch break and popped on the No Ceilings NBA podcast and Rucker started talking about it a little bit. I'm like, oh, all right, we got some fans here. But yeah. as soon as I put the film on, man, I was like, oh, I am all the way in <laughs> like I love that I love that sometimes you look at a guy and how he moves on the floor and I'm like oh he looks like an NBA player like he moves mm-hmm. like an NBA player like there is a smoothness there is a a pattern to to the way he he gets to different spots like that is are, are reminiscent of how NBA players get to spots and when I look at like his frame and his strength his physical profile, it looks like something that like he could actually step in and survive physically on an NBA floor. And I think that's so important. Now I went to, it's huge. I I went to see the, the Knicks and the Clippers play um, earlier in the year. And like, I sat closer at the garden than I probably sat in like 20 years when my little brother got chosen to do like the halftime question thing. And they moved us down to the floor and I got to watch Kirk Heinrich uh, from the floor. So that rocked, but you know, getting close at the garden is very pricey. (laughs) Those, those New York city prices will get you. So, but I was sitting pretty close and I was like, I cannot believe how strong Kawhi Leonard looks, how strong Julius Randall looks, how strong Mitchell Robinson looks, how strong RJ Barrett, like all of these dudes are so strong. And to handle that physicality, like I think is such an underlooked sometimes part of like evaluating draft prospects. Totally. Otega has no problem with that. This dude is a beast, right? Like I, in my notes, I wrote, he looks like the football player at the pickup game, the way that like he kind (laughs) of uses his strength on the court. But the difference is, is like, he also looks like a hooper. Like he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily play like, Kind of, you know, like the the football player at the pickup game is like a little bit moving too fast and like can kind of be a detriment. Just start the backpack like, off, yeah. You know, he could kind of like you might be like, hey, like don't hurt anybody, man. You're like doing these spin moves, your elbows are flaring. Like let's chill out. It's Saturday morning Absolutely. at nine thirty. Like calm, calm down a little bit. Um, but he's smoother than that. Um, but I love the mid range pull up. Like I love the floater touch. Um, 
I do need my my guy to pull up from deep. I need to see Please. the three point shot. Uh, right now, I believe he's shooting a hundred percent. I don't know if he missed in their last game or not, uh, but he was shooting a hundred percent on like four attempts. But like, yep. I like like I want him to pull up because I like the way the shot looks, or I want him to shoot it off the catch. You know, at least mm-hmm. he doesn't need if he's not gonna you know punish guys going under ball screens, which he did make one. Uh, one of his makes were punishing somebody like that, um, then at least shoot it off the catch because the way he moves downhill, like it's, it's really impressive. Like he is really good. He has really good spatial awareness to like kind of get in between guys. Um, so I, I love his footwork. I love his pace. Like he, he doesn't play sped up. Uh, some of his finishes are like a little stiff cause I think he's so strong, but like at the same time, I think he has a good finishing touch overall. He's comfortable finishing with his off hands. Um, defensively, I, I just the dude's a beast. You know, you can kind of, he could switch um, because he is so strong. He kind of like they'll put sometimes when they're they're pressing, they'll put him in the middle and just let him kind of like play like free safety and and you yep. know like a corner and just try like and and those are the guys who like when you put in that spot, you, you know, they have great anticipation skills to kind of pick stuff off. Um, so he plays the passing lanes. Well, he's, uh, he's got quick hands. So he'll pick guys pocket, like with good length. Honestly, man, he gives me like Oklahoma city thunder case in Wallace fives. Now, now, that. now Kaysen has more playmaking chops or at least he's shown more playmaking chops right like in college but if you look at his kind of profile and the role that he's playing with the thunder right now like i can see otega kind of playing that same role given that he's willing to start taking some three-point shots like i do think that that needs to come around but i i'm i'm in i'm buying it like this dude has been so impactful i think he's been one of the best players in college basketball this year he's still young i'm i'm in i i have him at 20 on my board i like I know it's I know it's early, but sometimes you just see it and you're like, all right, I'm ready. Let's rock. Like, let's do it. Jack Black, let's rock today. Yeah, man. Um, I have him a little bit lower. I actually have him in the same range as uh, Malik. But again, I'm I'm not ruling that out. There's a little bit of me that's like holding on to some of the preseason uh, rankings that I have. I, I'm not one of these like and I'm not saying you are either, but I, I'm. I can't burn all the ships right yeah, off of for sure. my, right off my 1.0 but the fact that he has come from being not in my 150 to now being in this like 35 to 40 range that's a that's a huge testament to the level of effort that he's been putting out like you mentioned man I, I have in my notes that he's a really uh he's a real NBA athlete has a nose for the rim with or without the ball I love just the the off ball effort that he puts in on the offensive side as well um because he'll what I love about him is like he makes the defense aware of him away from the ball, even though he's not really shooting on a, on a lot. You know, sometimes we see these guys get ignored in the corner. You can't ignore him because he just makes such great timely cuts to mm-hmm. the basket. He knows like how to get to his spots really well in that regard. Uses the strength and athleticism to finish around the rim and through contact. Love how strong his hands are. You, you were talking about the frame. He just he kind of wins all these 50 50 balls. And with, with Otega, they're like more 20 80. Like if <laughs> someone is throwing you a cross court pass, like then it's high and you're jumping to try to catch it. Otega is most is mo- more than likely going to come down with it. Yeah. 
I wouldn't say that he has like the best handle, but it's functional enough to where I think that in like this fourth or fifth uh, prospect in, in a in a rotation, like it it's good enough. And the thing that kind of worries me a little bit, which Corey, you being a coach, I would love to hear about how easily this might be able to get coached out, is that he gets happy feet really quickly um, on the catch. Sometimes he gives you two steps before he even puts the ball down. Uh, could you talk a little bit about like how is that like something that people should be worried about or is that like good coaching gets that out pretty easily? Yeah, I think when usually I think with guys like this, because I love the pace that he plays, but I think when that happens sometimes it's like you just need reps to kind of let the speed of the game match where you're at. Um, yeah. He's not a guy who played a lot last year. So yeah when you're coming in this year and now you're getting major minutes, you know, sometimes you're still adjusting to how fast a closeout is or, or, you know, whatever the case is here, right? Like typically if he's going to put the ball on the ground on off a catch, it's probably he's attacking a closeout or, or whatever. So I, I think it's just like, Hey, just let time pass and, and let him kind of figure out the speed of the game there. It's something that you'll see on film. Um, You'll be like, okay, that this is an area I need to kind of slow down on, um, and there'll be an emphasis on that. But yeah, I think it's a very minor thing if we're if that's the kind of thing we're pointing out yeah. right now, right? Like, <laughs> which is which is yeah, a pretty sure. good sign because, like, let's. I mean, he's not really turning the ball over too much either. Nope. And uh, so you know, it, it's obviously like not like a super big deal. One and a half turnovers. Uh, 25 minutes, right? Something like that. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be super worried about it. But like when I see that with kids, it's usually just kids who are like super athletic and like want to just go and just like rip the rim off. No, no doubt. Yeah, and like you said, that the fact that that's one of the few things that you can point out in his offensive game, and he is much more like a, these like complimentary. I would even say, I think his defense is going to translate really well. I mean, he's 94th percentile on overall defense has a 2.3 block rate at his size, which is stupid. Um, yeah. A 5.3 still rate. I, th I think that he's going to be a great defensive playmaker. And like you, man, I would just love to see him shoot more because I feel like teams are starting to kind of scout that initial catch away mm -hmm. from the ball and attack the rim. Uh, I have him right behind Mac, dude. I, I have him, again, in that 35 to, to 40 range, but... Yeah, I mean, look, no, no. I, I don't expect him to, like, continue to put up the efficiency he's at, but he's, like... yeah. He's basically, you know how everyone's like fawning over Reed Shepard right now? Yeah, I, I know a few and, people and, that are and really rightfully big so. Reed fans. Right, yeah, rightfully yeah, so. Uh, modern day Kirk Heinrich. Put a, put a, uh, give that guy a skin fade and a, a tattoo sleeve, and people are talking about him like Tyler Hero. Um, yep. He's got an effective field goal percentage of 72.4. He's got a PR 32.1, uh, BPM 12.3. Like, along, like he's just, he rocks. You know, like, yeah. so like, I think he needs to be on radars. I, I, I expect those numbers to, to slip a little bit because, but like, he also is playing to his strengths offensively and like doing stuff where he is getting downhill and going to the rim. And like, yep. I, I, I want those numbers to drop a little bit because I want him to start like shooting it from distance more. Right. Like, but yeah. as is like, he's going to be an efficient, if he just continues to play the way he's playing, he's going to be super efficient. Yeah, no doubt. And what's the 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 saying? If you're shooting 100 percent from deep, you're not shooting enough, right? So <laughs> yeah, you need no. we need we need some more volume from our guy. But hey, Corey, we're gonna hit this break real quick, and we'll come back with uh, 
one of your returners that you brought to the table who has been playing very well as of late, a guy who I think that a lot of us might have written off a little bit, but we'll, we'll talk about him after the break. Hang tight. All right, so so we are back and we are talking about the first returner that Corey brought to the table out of Texas. Used to be in his freshman class, was considered a first-round pick. Things have changed a little bit. Dylan Mitchell, Corey, I know that you got an opportunity to see this young man live, and sometimes live scouting can get the best of us, but I think that you, you're you on to something a little bit with, with this guy. Talk to me about Dylan Mitchell. Yeah, well, you know what? I never disliked Dylan Mitchell, I think, as much as like a lot of the draft world did kind of like being disappointed by him last year. Sure. Um, not to say I was like super in on, on him or anything. Cause I think that just like, he didn't look like confident in what he was doing all the time, but I think like now he he's approaching the game with a newfound confidence and playing a similar game to the game he was playing, but like he's playing to his strengths and he's thriving doing it. Um, yeah. He is experimenting a little bit because while he isn't shooting the ball from deep really well, like he is, at, he's attempting more than he attempted even all of last year. Um, he sh- like when I saw him live, I, it was probably his the best game of his career. Uh, it was at Madison Square Garden. It was uh, against UConn, so it was against good competition. Absolutely, he came off a pin down and shot like a fadeaway shot, like <laughs> like confidently and knocked it down. Um, he he hit a couple of mid range shots. I've always likened him to like Derek Jones Jr. Like that's I think that's that, a perfect comp. And so like I think that he is a guy that at the next level is it's gonna be like, all right, well, are you gonna get to play with like Luka Doncic? Are you gonna get to play with a Lamelo ball? Like are you gonna get to play with somebody who's going to maximize what your skill set is? Cause I, I think that there is a world in which he can come in and be super effective. He looks strong. He has legit size. Like I was like, oh he's a big dude. Like whatever he's listed at, he's that's legit. Um, he was the best athlete on the floor, bar none, like easily. And like for as much as he's shown this year, defensive, like defensively, I mean, he was guarding multiple positions. He was chasing guys around screens. He was banging down low. He was coming over and blocking shots from the weak side. He was rebounding the ball. And I think these are all things that he's been doing a really good job of this year for that, that Texas team um, that, you know, again, is probably as far as the guard plays are, is probably not like guards that are going to maximize him on offense. You know, like Max Aismas is, you know, a bucket guy. Um, Yep. uh, Tyrese Hunter, you know, he looks for a shot a little bit. So I think at the next level, there's still like, maybe not more to be unlocked by him. Obviously, if he starts spacing the floor, at least from the corners, that'll be great. And I think, you know, NBA teams will try to get him to do that eventually. But just playing to his strengths and playing as mm-hmm. almost like a small ball five offensively, but also as like a Swiss Army knife defensively, like I think there's value there. And I like when I, I walked away and I was like, hey, like at the minimum, there's no doubt he's an NBA player. You know, like, yeah. And, and, and that's draftable <laughs> to me. Yeah, I mean, if 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 you like your guy and you think that he can play, I mean, then why not just draft him? So Corey, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I'll, I'll be one of these people that, that raises their hand up when they, when they're out on a guy, right. And admit mm-hmm. when they're wrong too. So he just last year, man, he, he looked afraid to dribble a basketball, let alone shoot. 
You know what I mean? No, I agree. And and I was just like, if you can't even do the whole two dribble and make a decision thing, then I don't care how good you are defensively. Like you're you're gonna struggle to to make noise. But man, what when he came into this season, and not only is he dribbling, but like you mentioned, he's stepping into these mid range shots with just utter surety that it's gonna go in. And he's extending it to to deep, you know, at least the confidence. I don't know about necessarily the efficiency, but yeah. when he's gotten an open shot, he he's feels like he's gonna make it, right? So that's a huge, huge difference in the perception of him, right? Because then you start thinking about okay, like if this guy confident on offense, are there things that we can utilize him doing on offense? Then this rebounding, which I'll talk about here in a second, then this then this defense is gonna be able to be a weapon for us now. You know, the uh, the catch race and, and, and rebounding radius that he has just mm. makes for some of the most fun plays that I've seen so far in the early going of the season, man. Um, I, I love that he competes so hard on the offensive glass, which, Corey, I don't know how you feel about NBA players, but not everybody tries, you know, especially <laughs> on the defense or the rebounding area. So that's what allows guys like these Derek Jones juniors and potentially even these Dylan Mitchells to be able to come into the NBA and make an instant impact with like being these kind of gadgety hustle effort guys. And effort is a skill. I mean, we see it, we see it bear true all the time. Uh, He's got that 9.1 offensive rebounding rate. He obviously is a crazy good weak weak side rim protector too, right? Like this 5.4 block rate that he has, he will levitate in midair Corey. And this is things that we knew about him last year, Mm -hmm. but he will levitate and just kind of freeze in midair and wait for this shot to come from the offensive player who just seems to be waiting for him to come down and it just never happens. He's got like these helium's legs, you know, it's easier for him yeah. to to float than it is to stay on the ground. I have him 51st on my board and that is a massive jump from where I was with him coming into the season. I don't think that he's probably going to stay there very long. Um when if productivity for everybody across the board kind of stays where it is he's going to be an un- undeniable riser man so i i like his nba chances too i even have in my notes i wrote is he Derek jones jr i think that's yeah. a perfect comparison dude yeah and, and i've that was like even in high school at montverde that's where I, who he reminded me of um yeah especially because at the time Derek jones jr was playing from you know my bull so I was like, oh, like easy. I watch this guy a lot. Like I, I see the comparison there. The, the last thing I want to say about him is that the, one of the things that I noticed, um, he was also quarterbacking the defense. Yeah. Like he is very, he was very vocal in calling things out, pointing things out, telling guys where to go. So getting to see that up close, you know, only being a few rows away from him, watching that action. That's the kind of stuff that I think is so valuable when you scout in person, because you can hear it, you could see it. Um, so clearly and he was a guy who was doing a lot of that so he he really impressed me and again it was his best game ever when i saw him live but i still think that in a lot of the other games that he's played in this year a lot of that stuff has carried over even if like you know the scoring outburst you know hasn't necessarily i still think he does enough other things like another uh, enough role player things that it's like all right this dude's going to rise on boards uh, eventually. And, you know, it might take a while. Cause like you said, people might have a sour taste in their mouth from last year and might be like, ah, well I'll go. I kind of know his game. I'll, I'll see him halfway through the year or whatever. Let's see what it's, he's like then. But I think that his production is going to keep up. Um, he has a major role on that team and and I think he's thriving in it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what is, uh, 
what did Draymond Green say? He's like on, on an NBA team, there are like two stars and then everyone else is a role player. So the sooner that players can buy into that notion, the more successful they're going to be. And I, I don't I don't think that Mitchell is going to have any issues with that. So likely riser on my board. Let's talk about another riser on my board, man. And I'm curious to see your thoughts on him. And it's funny that you mentioned that sometimes we can kind of keep a sour taste in our mouth for how a player looks, especially if we've seen it for multiple seasons. You mm-hmm. know, uh, let's talk about Harrison Ingram. You know, a couple of years at Stanford, came in as a freshman, was likely to have believed to have been a first round pick by essentially everybody. Um, disappointing freshman year, disappointing sophomore year, transfers to UNC has changed a lot about his game, man. What what have you thought about the uh, the Harrison Ingram renaissance offensively in UNC? <laughs> I, I think it rocks, man. I think it's awesome um, that he's kind of evolved his game in one offseason like this and in what seems like a pretty tangible way. Uh, I there were There was always so much to like about his game, right? And like mm-hmm. that's why so many in the scouting community – we're high on him as a prospect because it's like, he has great size. He has great length. He had this feel that was apparent. Right. And the efficiency stuff just never came together with him. But obviously now, like he's knocking down shots at such a like high rate. And like, I I don't necessarily know if it's sustainable. Like, I think he's, is he shooting like near 50% or something from three right now? Right. Like we're early in the year. yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, but even if he, is at 36, 37, 38%. Like that's a pretty significant, you know, percentage for a guy like him. Um, I think a lot has changed on that UNC team in that he's also allowed to play. Like he plays a little bit more effectively in a manner that fits his game. I don't necessarily know if all of that is stuff that translates to the next level. Like I think he play, he has been playing a lot in the post this year. Um, and he's good there, right? He's super smooth. Like he's big bodied and it really allows him to kind of play like Jokic where he's making plays out of being on the block, right? Like he had a weak side corner hit at (laughs) around the 11 minute mark in the second half against Arkansas that I was like, Oh my God, that was insane. And he's done that a few times. Um, so I, you know, I think that you have to look at like, like right now he's almost like using the post stuff as a crutch. Cause like, he's still not quick enough to beat guys off the bounce, you know? So like he'll take yeah. a couple of dribbles and immediately turn his back. And like, I don't necessarily think he's going to have the opportunity to do that at the next level. So, you know, but as a function of like, is it going to help North Carolina win? Like, I think it is. So like, I don't think it's something that we're going to see him go away from this year. The good news is we have two years of tape. And we've seen him run ball screens, right? Like, so we we know that there are other ways in which he can make plays. He can make the pocket pass. He can, you know, hit wraparound passes. He can, you know, hit the weak side, obviously. Um, he can hit the roller. He can do all that stuff. We've seen it. I would like to see him used as like a screener and then, you know, uh, get to make plays out of the short roll because I think that's something he yeah. can be really effective at. I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Um, but he is, he's just shooting the ball so confidently. He's shooting it uh, off contested shots. He's just letting it fly. He's making quick decisions. I think the forms always looked pretty good, right? But now it looks like it's honed, mm-hmm. you know, like it's been honed. So I think that's really great. 
Uh, he's got great length. He's got quick hands. He's got the mobility. I still think he's slow on kind of on both sides of the ball. Um, so like in that Arkansas game, I think that he really struggled with the quickness of like Caleb battle and Layden blocker and Traymon Mark when he got switched onto them. Like these are guys mm-hmm. that were able to create separation against him. Um, but I do think that like he was pretty like he can guard up because he is such a big body and he is so long that like he is able to switch up a little bit. Um, even though I think he's going to have trouble going down. Now I still think he's a little too like thick. So if he can lean out a little bit, he's always going to be somebody that's like a little bit bigger bodied, but I still think at the NBA level, he's going to need to lean down a little bit, um, just so he can kind of do a better job keeping up with those guards, uh, that, cause there's so many good ones at the next level, but ultimately Absolutely. it's like, I, he, he's a guy, he just has good feel. And if he could shoot and that's real, he's got positional size. Like he's going to definitely find his way in the league. And like, I, I wrote like, I don't know, like, can he be Kyle Anderson or something? Right. Like again, like a role player, but a guy who can kind of make plays and do things with the ball and then score a little bit. And, you know, hopefully maybe even be like a better shooting version of that in some ways, not, not a one for one, but you know, similar kind of role, but I've loved what I've seen from him this year. I'm actually going to see him on Tuesday, uh, against UConn. So, um, I'm pretty excited you about lucky that. Lucky dog. Yeah. Lucky dog. Yeah. Speaking of Tuesday, um, my piece on him is actually going to drop that day yeah. where um, I'm, I'm calling it the re- the revenge of the returner. And it has a lot to do with what we've seen is that you think, you know, a guy and then he shows up and he's completely mm-hmm. different now in, in preparation for this piece. And I won't go into all my details on him because, you know, please, please go to no ceilings. <laughs> yeah. It's a hundred percent free. Go check it out. Um, one thing that, of note that I found interesting in my research, dude, was that he worked this past offseason with Brandon Payne, who is Steph Curry's trainer, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that probably uh, did a lot for his sh- uh, shooting motion cleanup that that you that you mentioned. Uh, at the time uh, of the piece, he was shooting about 48% from deep on almost five attempts per game. So decent volume, too. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's just like a two or three uh, attempts per game guy. The shot is just completely transformed. It's quicker cleaner hitting it off the catch he's shown a little bit off of the bounce too we you you talked about the passing feel i think that that goes without saying man he's just always been one of these like high feel guys loves playing with his back to the basket but unc i think has done a good job in some formations like some four high looks Corey, where mm-hmm. he'll be on the elbow there'll be more players rotating from the from the opposite side wing to him where he can make a smart read or two so he can do a little bit of that, but I'm glad you called back to some of the stuff that he did at Stanford. I'm willing to think that he can do more uh, in other areas. I just think UNC, uh, the way that their roster is constructed, he's just kind of limited in that regard. He is definitely more strong than Bursty, which uh, can let let him um, be left in the dust a little bit on these guards that you spoke to. But in that article, one thing that I appreciated about his defensive effort this year is that He's pretty selective on whenever he is using like quick bursts um, to to a, a ball handler. Uh, there was a couple occasions where against Dalton Connect where he just made like a really quick, smart, smart read on the dribble that uh, he was able to create some turnovers uh, in that Arkansas game against Makai Mason when he's doing his two dribbles, trying to put his back to the defender so he can survey the floor and find the open guy. He made a, a, a smart, just quick run right at him as he was dribbling the ball and ripped it away. So some, some things that he's experimenting with that he utilizes his intelligence a little bit more, I guess, than his physical gifts. So it's nice to see him put that effort in there. I just think that 
with the improved uh, shooting this year, dude, with the, the, the feel that we've had. I have him 48th on my board right now. Do you think that that's too far out of the question? Not at all. Uh, not at all. Like he's, he's always had the NBA talent, right? Like, yeah. so he seems like a guy that, you know, in, in NBA front office might be like, Hey, like, I think he can fit the system that we're running. He brings like, you know, these tools, he can play, you know, quick 0.5 basketball and knock down open shots. And he's like, you know, it, maybe teams are going to not think he's going to be like some starter at this point. But I also wouldn't rule it out like down the line, you know, because I do think that as he continues to improve on his game, like continues to add new elements, obviously he's somebody who's going to work and, and, and try to do that. Like in this draft in the 40s, like, I, you know, like high 50 or, you know, low 50s, high 40. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he goes earlier than that, you know, like he's a familiar face to organizations at this point. It's, you know, he's a three year guy. And um, he, like, let's say he has a deep run we've seen what NBA teams, how much they value these guys who are a little older and maybe can contribute to winning. And like, maybe he gets selected in the first round, you know, even I wouldn't rule that out either. The draft is unpredictable. Uh, so, and we're still early. So I, I don't think that is like crazy in the least, to be honest. Okay. Uh, let's get a little crazy here. We're going to break a little bit. There's a couple comments, Corey. I don't know if you've been, <laughs> And looking at the comments, yes, but yes, uh, Russell Thomas asked, What do you guys think of Ryan Dunn? As much as I want to dive into this, maybe we could talk about it a little bit. <laughs> How do you think people are going to respond to our latest project that we just that we did the day that's going to debut next week? Yeah, so you know, I'll, I mean, it's going to be a yeah. our first mock draft, and I think if you check it out next week, you'll you'll know how we feel about Ryan Dunn at no ceilings. Yeah. And it is a uh, Russell. We think very highly of him. I think yeah. that we can just, I think especially we just put in this it draft, that way. especially in this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then dirty dancer, who is a, I think a, a shout out on every draft podcast that I've ever yes. listened to in my life. Dirty dancer <laughs> is a, is a chat legend. He says, can't help, but move Cody Williams back into the top 10. Corey, your thoughts. I, I would agree with you. Cody's playing yeah. really, really well. He had another great game today. Um, he looks huge out on the floor. It looks like he got stronger. Um, big fan of of Cody, and 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 I think that you know the way some of these guys have been playing in the top ten, like you can make an argument for him pretty pretty high up, given his tools and uh, and the way he's been playing as of late. No doubt. All right, we'll hit last one. So. Kaiser Media, uh, who made a lovely comment earlier in the chat about my mustache, which I really appreciated. <laughs> uh, the draft stash is very strong. He asked, "Do you guys think Edwards took a dip in the draft projections?" Corey, we had we had Edwards as our number one guy opening mm-hmm. the season. Would yeah, you, would you think that he took a dip in, uh, in draft <laughs> yeah, projections? I would say he took a dip. Yeah, I. Yeah. But but what I'll say about it is, I think there is a little bit of an overreaction because he did have this label as he was potentially number one guy on, you know, in certain publications. Um, but like, it's not like it was a confident number one, you know, yeah. th- this wasn't Chet Paulo, Victor uh, type, you know, Cade, like he didn't come in with this. It was kind of just like, I don't know, I guess yeah. <laughs> like he's six, seven, He's I just, guess. As, just as, just <laughs> as likely as anybody. You know? Yeah. So, I mean. you know, and like, he's a guy that, 
uh, you know, like I got to see on the the circuit like a few times last year, and you know, and I his opinion opinions on him varied wildly. I I spoke to you know an, an NBA uh, for an office executive, and they're like, ah, I don't know, like he might be a tease. He might be awesome. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, like, so it was, it's kind of like, ah, let's let it play out. But I think he's had some good moments in college. He's obviously had, you know, a bad one. But, you know, what I'll remind people of is, you know, yeah, you can't overreact too much to flopping on a big stage because I don't know how many people remember back to the Franz Wagner dialogue after his performance uh, in his last college game, right? Where people were like, this dude will never be a shot creator and all of that. So, um, and granted now I'm not saying that Justin Edwards is the same level of prospect as Franz is, but um, you know, like, look, if he's RJ Barrett and you get that in this draft at, you know, in the top 10, probably a pretty good outcome. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> depending you know especially if you get him in the five to ten range um so i don't think we need to panic and like start dropping him into the 20s or 30s right now but he's definitely dipped i think that's a totally fair assessment all right so Corey, i'm gonna need your help on this guy who okay you you brought it up as a returner and i feel like i'm kind of in the minority on this i'm no stranger to that uh i think that you can relate to some of the guys that you think highly of as well or some that you don't think highly of that a lot mm-hmm. of people do, right? So I unfortunately, Corey, and we're still we're still friends. Uh yeah. I I don't see it with Tyler Kolek, man. And okay. I think I need you I think I need your help on this because I struggle like mightily in, in, in this area of scouting where I think it's like a paper thin, like almost translucent paper thin. It's like a like a page cover, you know, those like transparent page cover page protectors that you have. Yes. I struggle to understand that page protector transparent thin line that there seems to be between a really productive college guard and an NBA guard. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that it's you, you might be able to prove me wrong here. I think that it's really hard to nail down like which of these guys go from being productive college guards which there seems to be a lot to being an nba guard and that's kind of like where i'm living right now with tyler Kolick. can you help me out brother yeah look i i get it um because he doesn't look like he should be an nba player necessarily um for me it clicked i saw him at the Big East tournament last year and i was like oh like this dude is a, like he he lives for the moment. He's a baller. He's not afraid. Um, so in the the no ceilings Big East preview, I wrote that like he was somebody I was really looking forward to watching because I thought that his season even last year went a little under the radar, and I would have drafted him last year had he come out. So mm. this is a lift from la- this is his numbers from last year over the course of the full year. He had a, a, a true shooting over 57, an assist percentage over 35, steal percentage over three, box plus minus over eight. That list is Tyler Kolek, Steph Curry, Ty Lawson, Evan Turner, Tyrese Halliburton, TJ McConnell, Drew Smith, Nick Kalathis, and Alex Renfro. There's a lot of players who spent a good amount of time in the NBA there. Absolutely. Um, so he's a guy that I think that if you're looking for somebody who is going to come in, make your guys better, compete his ass off, fit in with the culture, um, 
knock down open shots, play on or off the ball, run your offense in spurts, get guys organized, just not take anything off the table, then Tyler Kolek's a guy that you should look at for your team. Do I think that he's a guy that you should take if you're trying to like take an upside swing necessarily? You know, like, no, right? Um, but he is just a guy that like, he's so damn competitive. Like he's yeah. probably just yapping all game, talking shit to, you know, <laughs> to his opponent, which is probably annoying. Cause he looks like the, you know, frat dude at the party that you just want to punch right in his face, you yeah. know, like after he chugs a natty light or something. Um, but Don't he's just a natty light, dude. That's, uh, <laughs> that's essentially water in the South. All right. So yeah. just be careful with that. Uh, but yeah, well, where I'm from, it's a bunch of snobs who drink craft beer. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> nothing wrong with a natty light. Uh, he's, um, he's just, I, I love him. I, I love his attitude. I, I think he's such a good playmaker and, you know, he's, he's quarterbacking one of the best teams in college basketball, you know, another for another year. He's, he's a lot of fun. It, it's a somewhat down class full of guys who at least, you know, are going to like are good at basketball. It comes down to like, yep. is this guy good at basketball? So for me, I just think that he's going to find a role, probably going to be a backup role, right? Like fill in as a spot starter, maybe at some point, but I think that this is a guy who, who's going to be in and play in the league for, you know, at least a little while. Okay, fair enough, man. Yeah, and and what I have in my notes is like it's hard to ignore the productivity. I mean, 14 5 and 5 shooting 50 50 85, like this this pretty good. Um pick and roll machine though. I think that sometimes you can look at a guy like Tyler Kolick and just assume that he's going to be a floor spacer, but he gets into these pick and roll sets. He and Oso have some incredible chemistry. Knows when to hit Oso on the roll, knows when to kick it out to an open guy. He kicks it to my guy, Cam Jones, all the time, so I can't hate him that much. Um, <laughs> shows a good balance, though, of like knowing when to keep it. When, he's not afraid of contact either, despite being a little bit slight of frame. Uh, the shot is so quick, though, man. Like I would love to see if anyone can register it on a shot clock just <laughs> manually by hand, like how quick it is to get off. Um, I do, though, what do you think about this? So the free throw rate, as great as the players he in, is actually pretty low. It's a little deficient. Mm. I don't think that it's going to be enough to like really deter people, but maybe that's just an indication of the type of player that he's going to be at the next level, right? Like not a guy who's going to penetrate a lot, but probably just a great decision maker floor spacer if everything hits well. Right. Yeah. Which is weird because he, I actually feel like, you know, he's a guy who like likes to get to the hoop a little bit more often than he likes to right. shoot. Like, which I, I wish he kind of would shoot and pull up from distance more. You know, he's, um, he was a guy who did that a lot early on in his career and it's kind of dipped progressively every year. Like he was shooting almost seven threes a game, uh, his freshman season at George Mason. And now he's down to 3.3 for the second year in a row. So, but he has a history of shooting it well. So he's very selective. I wish he would just kind of let it fly a little bit more often. Um, yeah, no doubt. you know, the free throw rate is what it is. He's not going to be a super high free throw kind of guy, but he does still get to the hoop um, and is not afraid to kind of finish around there. And as a lefty, he's, he's pretty crafty and, and finding his way to to get to the hoop. So I don't think it's a big deterrent. Again, I, I'd, I'd be more interested to see what he looks like being a little bit more trigger happy. Like he's kind of like yeah. Otega in the way that like, I just want him to shoot more um, and punish guys more. Cause like, I feel like guys kind of play him and go under a little bit 
because they kind of want to stop him from getting paint touches so that the defense doesn't collapse and he makes these kickouts. So I feel like they, they kind of test him sometimes and go under ball screens. And I would like to see him just be like, all right, now I'm going to make you pay for on this every single time. So he really becomes like a true, like three level kind of threat. Yeah. And I think that the tools are there and he's not shooting as high as a percentage as Otega away. So, I mean, Otega does have that on, <laughs> on Tyler a little bit, but it, it goes back to the same thing. If you're shooting 50% from, from deep, you're probably not shooting enough. Right. So, I, I'll just put this out there, Corey, and then I'll, I'll, I'll kick it to you to get your answer. I have him 55th on my board, mm-hmm. and that me still just trying to wrestle the difference between really good college guard and NBA guard. But something tells me that if I had to bet money on it today, I'd probably put him higher on my board. Where do you got him? Uh, I have him at, and again, or like, range. I'm even, yeah, because yeah, even looking at this, I'm like, oh, some of these guys aren't going to be there anymore. Um, but he's around 28, 29 right now for me okay. he'll Potential probably go a little up. bit too okay yeah so let's talk let's talk about my my last returner now this is a guy whose film popped on me on the rewatch i just felt you know when i'm preparing for this season i was going through rewatching a lot of guys film jalen tyson when he played at texas tech last year his film aged a lot better than i thought it would because i typically have a hard time with more athletic wings that for whatever reason, they'll just give me like this vibe or this feel that they're not as crafty as uh, I would like them to be. But when I watched Tyson back from that Texas Tech film, I felt like there was more craft there than I initially gave him credit for. So he was a guy I was monitoring coming into the year. And I'll be honest, I don't have him in a draftable range, but I, I'm i just very interested in him. I want to monitor him throughout the year, uh, a player that I think meets the kind of athletic uh shooting has the size has the frame has a handle that that could translate to the nba i just want to get some more eyes on this guy and have some more dialogue around and i know the i see your notes here what do you what do you feel about jalen as a potential nba guy man like what stood out to you yeah so uh, well definitely the size um and the length for you know a guy who's kind of playing in like a lead ball handler playmaker type role right like he's he's got really good size for that i mean what, what's he listed at like probably six seven something like that right like, yeah he's, he's around six 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 seven yeah um so i i think he's a good passer um his height allows him to see over the top he'll pass over the top uh i don't know if he's like super creative as a passer like i don't know how if i i trust him to make like those super crafty like weak side reads and i think part of that is because I don't know if he's a super high feel guy. Like I think he plays off instinct a lot. So like a lot of his playmaking is due to like what he sees at the last second, instead of like manipulating a defense. Um, I think he dribbles into the help a lot. Like, I think that's part of like the, the maybe I don't want to say he has a lack of feel, but I don't think he has like the super high feel. Um, But I think he's got a really creative handle and he uses it. He can create separation with it and take shots off the bounce. I think the shot looks better than the results. Um, because his percentages aren't that great, but like yeah. when it goes in, it looks really pretty, and like he just doesn't make the shots, and you do have to make them eventually. And I don't think historically, yeah. like he's been a guy who's made shots at a super high level like that. So, um, but part of the percentages too is he he takes a lot of tough shots, right? Like he's a guy who can shoot it off the bounce and take those shots when the shot clock's winding down. Um, and that's also a skill too. Sometimes he he 
like I like his pacing a lot. Like he moves really slow and then he'll get super twitchy. Then I'm like, oh my, like that's super weird. Like it looks like he's not a guy who should be that twitchy based on the last, like how slow he was just going. Um, yeah, the frame before guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, but at the same time, when he's around the rim, I feel like he struggles around there. I don't like, and I think like his touch is part of the issue with the shot where it's like, oh, it looks good, but like, I don't know if it's like a depth perception thing. Like I, the touch just feels off even, you know, around the rim or off the jumper right now. He's at plus 5.3 free throw attempts from this year to last year. So he's attacking the cup hard and that's a good thing. Um, especially to help him be, you know, be that efficient type player. Let's see if that's sustainable, if that's, or if it's just noise because we're early in the season. Um, I think he's pretty good on the ball. He slides his feet well defensively. He can flip his hips, uses his length to contest shots. I think sometimes he gets lost off the ball and like he'll let shooters get loose. Uh, I think he will get a cup of coffee in the league, but okay. like you right now, like I don't have him in a draftable range. Like I, I wouldn't draft him, but I do think he's somebody that you can get on like a two way or an exhibit 10 or something like that. Like given how this is playing out right now, if he were to enter, you know, this draft. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm living, man. So at the start of this year, like I was worried that he wasn't even going to be able to play. We saw guys like him yeah. and Aziz Badango out of um, out of Cincinnati get their get their transfer waivers denied. Luckily, I, first off, I just get rid of all of that stuff, man. Just like if these dudes want to move, just let them go play. That's just yeah. honestly how I feel about it. But um, going to Cal, immediate focal point for the Bears, like you mentioned. I love his ball handling and attacking nature. And for what that's worth, I I do think that the the uptick in free throw percentage or rate is is going to be there just because he is like the lead dude and he is going so hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be like plus five and a half, but I think it's going to definitely be an improvement from last year. Just how I feel about it. Um, I do like with the ball in his hands, how he is like a he's a pretty good ball handler and navigates around screens pretty well. Uh, seems to have a pretty good knack for great creating separations using his teammates, which really complements the rim pressure that he puts on. I think that he's pretty fluid and kind of shifty like you. I don't think that he's like necessarily the most uh, fluid, like hyper athlete out there. But with the ball in his hands, like he he's up there, I would say. And guys who I think have a shot at being drafted. I think the shot looks OK. Um, last year, we did see him shoot 40 percent on a little bit lower volume in a more complimentary role. So I do think that even though like most of the stuff is coming off the bounce now, I do think that if we see him in the NBA, he'll be more off ball and we might see it get closer to that 40%. If, if not that high, maybe kind of close to it. Um, defensively, I do like the, the block and steal rate being where it's at. It's a over two on both ends. I think that he fights through screens. Well, I think he slides his feet, uses his length to contest shots. Dove ha- does have a tendency to only face his man in the help. Um, so I know that you were saying like, he can kind of leave his man open. It, it feels like he's either operating on 10 or 11 in the help where he's either focusing solely on the ball or solely on his man and not so much in the middle of that help. Um, again, I was a fan of him coming into the year. I have him like in this 80 to 80 to 90 range. Let's just call it because I think that like you, I think he might get in the NBA. I just don't know how many teams are going to feel comfortable investing draft capital in a guy when there's so many other prospects that kind of fit that same size and mold things of that nature. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Um, but you know, I think that 
guys who are his size with the ball skills that he has and the capability to knock down shots. Like, I think those are always going to be guys that are on the Raider, you know, and it, all it takes yeah. is like it to come together on the right team in the right situation. And all of a sudden he's a guy that like, like, Oh, where'd this guy come from? Right. And, and how did everybody pass on him? So like, he's one of those guys where I, I can totally see him catching on if he like cleans some things up. And, and he's a guy that I do think because of his skill set and size, we'll get a cup of coffee at some point. No doubt. All right. So we're going to hit another break and then we're going to stick to the truest nature of the show. Corey did his homework. He's got some very interesting sleepers to talk about, but we'll hit this break and we'll come right back and discuss those guys. Hang tight. All right, Corey, you draft sick OU. Uh, you gave me a couple, <laughs> you gave me a couple names. And Victor Lincoln out of Cincinnati was the first one that that you gave. And uh tugging at my heartstrings. He's like the type of big man that I think that I can fall in love with. So I saw and just to kind of go back to something you mentioned earlier, when you clip somebody, that means something. You're not saying that everyone is a guy. So if you take the time to to post out about a guy like you're putting your reputation out there and you're staking claim in a player. I saw you give Victor some love on, on, on the lines. So yeah. <laughs> uh, what has stood out to you about him? Yeah, he was a guy that was on my radar last year, um, but was not somebody that I was really buying into as an NBA prospect at that point, just because I didn't think that he did some of the things that were necessary that you need to do to be a big man in this modern NBA, which is so much offense is run. Like if you're not like the Derek lively, like high flying rim running above the rim, lob threat kind of guy, there is a a pretty high bar full of skills that you need to kind of be adequate at um, as a center prospect. You need to be able to run DHOs. You got to be able to run to the rim, maybe pick and pop, um, make short roll reads. Like there, there's a lot of, things that like don't seem super complicated on the surface, but like are hard when you put them all together and ask that of bigs. And this year, Victor uh, Machen has improved on a lot of those things that I didn't see. So, you know, like in the clip that I, I had put a couple of weeks back on Twitter, he's been shooting threes this year. This is a, yep. a new thing for, for Victor. Um, this was not something that he did last year. He's already like, when I made that clip, he had already made more threes, I think, than he had attempted all of the previous year prior. Um, and he yeah. made five threes. Uh, he went in, in one of the games this year, uh, five or six against Georgia Tech, you know, from deep. He's shooting it confidently. He's not thinking. He's just letting it fly. Uh, he made another one to, in his game tonight, which was a really impressive game. But, um, you know, he's shooting, I mean, 47%. <laughs> You know, right now, obviously, it's not going to hold up. I don't expect it to, but he just needs to shoot 33, 34% at the center spot for it to be like, all right, this guy can, we'll let him pick and pop. Uh, the other aspect that I think he's improved on that I wanted to see that I didn't know was the playmaking. Um, you know, he averaged a half assist a, a game last year in 24 minutes. Um, this year, he's up around two. He had six assists today. And what I loved about it was it was a real assortment of assists. So there was a short roll assist. There was a, uh, a position where he ran a ball screen where he was the four (laughs) and he, he, you know, passed to the, you know, 
initiated to the five. Um, he gave some one mores. There was some high low action. So I think he's he's hit the weak side corner out of the post, um, which is a you know a big one because a lot of his you know what he does is going to come out of the post as well. Um, so I, I think those two skills that he's improved on this year were massive for him as a draft prospect because he's so solid in a lot of the other aspects of the game already. Um, like you can go to him on the blocks, but you know, at the college level, obviously that's something that teams are going to do when you have a prospect like him, right? Maybe not as much at the NBA level, but that doesn't mean that when switches occur and you get a mismatch on a guard, that it's not going to be something that you do it all right. So he can go to the block. He can finish with either hand, uh, which I like. I love dudes that could use their offhand to, to finish with touch. Um, so I, you know, the shooting, the fact that he is, he can go in the post, he could set screens. Now he can roll or he can pop. Um, he can make plays a little bit. And, and that's something like, it, it just seems like he put in a lot of work to, to give a modern skill. And then defensively, you know, um, yeah, I think he's a nice shot blocker. I wouldn't say he's like an elite shot blocking prospect by any means, but I do think he was, he moves okay on the perimeter. Like sure. I, I think he can, I think he's, he's got pretty good lateral ability. Um, really good year over year steal percentage, quick hands, um, good length. You know, if, if you want to see how he can move on the perimeter, he had a, a really, really great possession, uh, in isolation guarding miles Kelly on an Island around 12 minutes into the second half, um, that ended up in, in a block, uh, at the rim because miles Kelly couldn't really make much headway there. Um, yeah. I just think he's, you know, he rebounds really well. He cleans up the glass yeah. on the offensive boards, cleans, cleans up the glass on the defensive boards, uh, to finish possessions, just a solid big that does a lot of the, the little things well. So, um, I've been, I've been impressed by him. I, I think he is a draftable player this year. If he continues to, you know, shoot it well, shoot it at all <laughs> even and yeah. uh and and you know continues to make plays at this rate yeah man i i just love how hard he plays you know he's very decisive in everything that he does and you're getting maximum effort it feels like anytime that he is involved in any play um has no problem finishing through contact almost to the point to where it seems like he's like uh mike allstott a little bit from the buccaneers <laughs> right like he's just looking for someone to run into um but he really compliments it well and i think that it, what makes him so efficient in the block is like he has a couple of different things that he can go to and they all play off of each other. It's not just like two completely contrasting different moves. It's like, like a good wrestler, right? Like you, their finisher is masked by a number of other moves that they can go right. to. Right. Um, he puts a ton of the, a ton of pressure on the rim, established deep position a lot. And I love the fact that you mentioned that he's just brave is the name is the word that I wrote down. He's he's brave from deep this year and not just on left alone looks either. And I think that that's a, a key thing to point out with a big man is that yeah. he's, he's hitting it and he's not just left wide open. I, I do think that he defends around the rim. Well, I'll have to go back and look at more kind of like defending in space. But I would say that that's probably like going to be the biggest uh, area of concern about him translating up. But which big man isn't. You yeah, know, no, like, I I agree with that for sure. Like, yeah. I'm not saying he's like Evan Mobley switchable, but like, I think he's more mobile on the perimeter than maybe like one of the other guys we'll talk about on the show. Yeah, I see the shots fired in the notes here, so uh, <laughs> I really appreciate that. But, but um, overall, man, I like him a lot as a sleeper. Like, definitely, um, after diving in his game a little bit more, he is certainly uh, up there for me. So I'm glad that you brought him to the table. So. I'm going to ask you now about a guy who I have just been like 
spamming everybody about that will <laughs> listen to me about about my takes on a guy. Uh, plays out of San Diego State, Elijah Saunders. Now, um, I I like him a lot. I've talked about him a number of times on the show. Um, I think that he had, you know, he's had a good game against Washington recently. Had a tough game against Cal. Um, still hitting the ball from deep and rebounding. He's probably a next year guy, I think, at the earliest. But I'm really intrigued by the tools. So, Corey, I'll just turn it over to you. And I just think that he's he's one of these guys that might be in the mold of like a Grant Williams or like a PJ Washington type guy. Yeah, and to be honest, like Grant Williams was somebody I struggled with. Um, so he, but he really does remind you of that type of player. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of like how you feel about the point guard prospects where like, there's that really thin margin of like, does this work? Does this not work? Like, I almost feel like Grant is like the version of it working, but like also it almost didn't. Yeah. You know, cause there were a number of years where he was just like not a rotation guy. And he was a guy who had coming out of college had a lot more of like, had proven a lot more, um, than Elijah, but what I have about him is one, obviously we're talking about him. Like he's a Grant Williams guy. He is strong AF. Like this dude is rock solid, right? Like he looks like uh, a bodybuilder. Um, I think that he has a a pretty rudimentary offensive game, but I also, I think I I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, Like, I think he's got a simple game that makes it easy for him to slot into next to like players who are going to take, the brunt of the offensive load. Like, I don't think there's any mistake in given where he's at in his development, that he is going to be some kind of offensive hub. Um, so sticking with the things that you know that you're good at, I think is something that is a positive and not a negative. I do think that maybe he settles a bit too much for his shot. I think the shot looks good, you know, smooth, high arcing, right? He's had a lot of success with it this year. He's shooting the ball very well. Um, yeah but I think he settles for it a little too much. I think for him, like an area where he needs to grow his game because he is so strong, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to see him mix it up a little bit and become more of a threat um, at the rim. Cause even though he is shooting it so well right now, I feel like the defense is going to be pretty content letting him shoot it. Cause it's not like he is like, you know, a Jordan Hawkins type shooter where he's getting up like crazy volume to where it's almost like, all right, fine, shoot it. You know, that takes you away from the basket. You know, you're not going to make any athletic plays around there. Um, so I think that to be an efficient scorer, like thinking at the next level, he's going to have to mix it up a little bit because he has shown that he can be a guy who can like catch a lob and like, you know, so if he can mix up those screens and the pick and pass with some pick and rolls and like become a lob thread or like a guy who can, you know, catch a pocket pass and go and finish at the rim. I think that would do a lot for him. Um, I'd like to see him run some DHOs, you know, set a song screen, roll through it. And overall, I want to see more connectivity offensively right now. He's, he's very much like a play finisher guy. I'd like to see that extra level added to where again, he is running a DHO or he's making a pass out of the short roll things that I think he'll need to do at the next level. You know, Grant Williams is a guy who can do those things. I think so. Um, right now, I think that's kind of the difference there, but I think he's got some passing feel just based off Mm -hmm. of like the locations of where he puts the passes. He does a lot of high, low passing and, you know, he, he places the ball in spots where, you know, the, whoever's catching can catch it 
without having the ball deflected. So I think there's some feel there. There's some potential on that end. Um, defensively slides his feet really well. Obviously he's really strong, so you can't really bully him, but I also don't think he plays with as much physicality on that end. Uh, as you would assume, like get really getting into guys shirts, taking away their space. He's just somebody who kind of stays solid and like uses his length and anticipation to contest, which is fine. But I think sometimes I'd like to really see him be physical and like get a little more aggressive. I see the vision, um, really good college player right now, solid prospect. And I think that, like you said, next year would be a year where it's like, can he grow his game and add new elements to it to where it's like, now we're really seeing a more well-rounded player. But like, I think, I do think like the vision is there for that. Yeah. And I think too, um, a, a big thing that I'm, that I'm waiting for is if he stays there, Lydia will be gone. And Lydia is just wrecking college basketball right now on that very same team and has the majority of his touches like coming around the basket. Right. So uh, that'll free up some different looks for him, hopefully. But yeah, I just want to get more eyes on him because he is just, he pops off on so much like, statistical queries of NBA players that have like panned out in the NBA. So mm-hmm. uh, just the guy that like has really popped out on me. I appreciate you uh, checking him out and giving me the notes on him, man. Um, let's go to a guy who is going to show up on our exercise for next week. Uh, a name that is circulating throughout a lot of uh, scouting circles. New, pretty new to me though. Uh, Donovan Dent out of New Mexico. Corey, how, how did you come across this name when, when, uh, when bringing him to the table. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, initially we had somebody else and um, I was like, you know what? This, that player had like, people have talked about him a little bit. Like let's get yeah. this guy's name into the ether a little bit more. Um, also, he's a guy who I had an NBA front office guy text me. Like I woke up to a text in the morning that was just Donovan Dent, New Mexico in all caps. So I was like, all right, like let's, Let's pay a little more attention to Mr. Dent. Um, so he's a he's a really fun point guard prospect, uh, especially if you like guys who can really pass the ball and like, yes, you know, and get guys involved and are really crafty and have a little bit of like wiggle and play with pace. And um, so he's really fun. So 42.2% assist percentage, 14.4% turnover percentage. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty that's not a, bad. That's a good uh, ratio for for the fans out there. Yeah, yeah I, I I think he's one of the best playmakers in the class. Um, I love how he uses eye manipulation to trick defenders. Uh, so, like an example at the start of the second half against St. Mary's, he drove baseline. He had the corner shooter open. Um, he looked at the corner to get the weak side help to kind of drift that way, and then mid air just dropped off to the cutter in in the lane. Uh, it was just like a super high level read. And like, even if he had made the read to, to the weak side corner, which would have been like the right read, it still like wasn't impressive as him making the drop off for like an easy, high efficient two point dunk. Um, he's a guy who can make jump passes and you don't think he's like out of control by it. Like he uses it as a skill. Um, he can paint the corners. He drops balls off, hits pocket passes. He he'll hit over the top. Uh, in the open floor, he has really great end-to-end speed, super fast, yeah. uh, excellent handle. He's got that boogie, that wiggle. Uh, he so you know, and I think that allows him to kind of get himself into tough spaces and then improvise a little bit. I think Malik Mack has a little bit of that too, where you know sure. those the guys with the creative handles they can kind of get themselves out of trouble a little bit sometimes. Um, so I think he has that. 
I love how he operates in the mid range. Like he is just super smooth, super efficient dude in, in, in that spot. And I think one of the more underrated skills of being a playmaker is the ability to, um, operate the pick and roll and then get to the elbow and knock down mid range shots because that elbow opens so many things up because now if you can get to that spot, like, and look at a guy like Chris Paul, who is all of five ten or five eleven, uh, and has still been able to become an effective NBA player almost into his forties because he can get to that spot. And then he's able to make plays out of it. So because he can knock that shot down, if somebody's going over the screen and they're trailing over now, the big, has to step up, right? Because you, you don't want to give up that easy elbow shot. Yeah. What happens then, right? Now oh, you wow. have easy drop-off opportunities, pocket pass, lob, whatever. Now, let's say that teams get hip to that, right? And that, what do you do? Now you send the low man weak side help to come tag that role. What can he do? Now he can hit that weak side corner and you're giving up yep. a three. So it's such a special thing and it's such an easy thing. So like, it's something that I think point guards need to kind of add to their game um the three-point shot is a really fun shot but just having that elbow spot in your bag where you can just come off the screen one two dribbles rise up into that spot if you can knock that an efficient clip it'll open so much for your playmaking and i think that's something that donovan dent is really really uh capable of doing i do think he needs to extend that shot out to the three-point line at volume you know, with, yeah. with as, as important as that shot is, that is a weakness in his game where he has to prove that he could shoot that thing um, efficiently from behind the arc because so much of this game today is predicated on threes. And he's probably not going to be a guy who is the engine like he is at New Mexico. He's going to have to probably learn to play off of other guys too. Not to say that he won't get his share necessarily of, you know, running offense and getting, you know, guys into sets and stuff, but like everybody's so good in the NBA that you're going to have to share the floor, share the ball and being able to spot up, knock down shots off the ball is going to be an important thing that I want to see if he can, you know, kind of do the rest of the year. Um, He also needs to get a little bit more efficient at the rim. I do think he's crafty there. Like he finishes with underhand scoops, you know, like he has like offhand finishes, but at the end of the day, he's like a a somewhat small guard. So he does need to finish at the rim efficiently. Um, Defensively. I think he competes um, really strong steal and block percentages over, you know, a a year plus span. Um, He's good on an Island. He's sound off the ball, but even still, he's a small guard. I think he'll struggle with bigger guards and wings at the next level for a lot of the same reasons that we talked about with Malik Mack. Um, you know, he'll die off screens, you know, stuff like that. But yeah. he's the guy who kind of reminds me of Aaron Brooks, which, you know, I love long that NBA call. career. Yeah. yeah, long NBA career. Um, better three-point shooter, Aaron Brooks. Um, but, you know, Donovan Den is a young player still. See if he can add that to his bag. For sure. Yeah, so in my notes on him, Obviously, love the passing vision. Does it look like his shot? the The shot looks like it curves a little bit on the release, <laughs> at least to me. Does Does it look like that to you, or am I crazy? Uh, I saw that in your notes, and you know, I, I didn't get an opportunity today to go back and look at that. Um, yeah, but there, there is something funky on him, like trying to compensate for the extra distance on the long range shots, and compared to the middies. Cause like in middies, you could also, you typically elevate a little bit more 
than you do sure. from from deep right. So I think him compensating maybe more with upper body can lead to that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it was just like a weird thing. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, I wrote that he's not scared of physical play. Uh, he's a blur in transition, can switch uh, hands-on finishes, which I love that he's not just like a, a one-trick pony when he gets to the rim. Passing out of pressure, I think, needs a little bit of work. Um, kind of similar to what we talked about with Mac. I just think that um, both of them in this regard, like sometimes just get into trouble where they don't know what they want to do next. But I do love his process for shooting the passing lanes on the defensive end. Uh, do think that he's probably going to be like a, a, a one position defender, which mm-hmm. is totally okay. Just so long as you're like, you're a competent one uh, position defense uh, defender. Back to the offense, I do think that one thing that stands out about him that I loved a lot, didn't even talk about it with Mac, but he has it too. I think for these point guards, man, like the deceleration that they have whenever they're attacking to just keeping the defense on their heels, which can free up that mid-range pull-up um, that that you were yeah. speaking about earlier. Like Jalen Brunson type stuff. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think that he has a nice foundation to him as a draftable player. I just... Like, what is separating him, and, and this is just me, what is separating him against a guy like Hubbard or, or Lipsy in this class? Because I do feel like some of these guys have a little bit of a uh, little bit of similarities and carryover. Well, I think that's probably the story of this draft, right? Like, yeah, you know, so many guys are right in that same kind of range, same kind of skill sets, and it, it'll all come down to, like, who can produce the longest, the most consistently, who's going to come out of the draft, who's going to go back to school and right. Who performs well in one workout versus the next, you know, like, so I, I think there are a lot of external factors that we might not be at in that part of the process yet. Even that's, that's totally fair. And definitely a real part of the real part of the process that we got to remember. I'm just thinking like on the play, you know, on the season so far, what I've seen on the court, like there's some similarities between them, but, Donovan then is definitely a guy that like I wasn't coming into the season thinking that I needed to take seriously. And, and now I do. Right. So, uh, Corey, we'll go to the last guy here. Um, Sam Vecini, who has been in the draft game for a long time. A lot of people know that I saw that he's releasing, uh, his 100 players and he has this prospect at 70, um, which is currently higher than where I have him, even though I, I like him a lot. Quentin posts out of Boston college. You know, I, I've been watching him throughout the year, just like you, I run these queries and I'm, and I ran him up against like some, some pretty, uh, pretty highly regarded big men. And like the numbers are kind of fleshing out to be the same, uh, Quentin Post, you know, he's seven feet out of Amsterdam, which makes him cool to me shooting 50, 50, <laughs> 90 from, from the floor, uh, giving you about two and a half as, assists and blocks per game. Like, what do you think about Quentin? Yeah, I watched him up close last year. Um, I went to see uh, Terquavion Smith take on BC, and uh, Post definitely stood out. Like, you know, being so close to him, you're like, oh, it's just a giant human being. (laughs) Um, And so those guys always stand out because you're, you know. Anybody want a peanut? Yeah. You know, I'm not giant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So (laughs) that that was the first thing. Um, But I I like him. I, I actually... Yeah, I have him at 72 on on my board right now. Um, okay. 
I, I think when you look at him right now, like he had a possession against Vanderbilt about 17 minutes in the second half where he got vertical to block a shot at the rim without fouling uh, and then came down the floor and walked into a pick and pop three. And to me, that's kind of like the quintessential, like what does this dude bring to your team? He can go get yeah. it done on the defensive end and then he can also space the floor and do some stuff on offense. Um, so I love that like he is a, has such a smooth shot, um, is not afraid to let it fly. Uh, he's already tall, but he's got like a nice high release, like to make a pretty unblockable, hard to contest um, shot smooth. He could pick and pop. Um, real gravity as a shooter allows him to attack closeouts. And, you know, what I like about him is that like he can actually like drive and kick off of the closeout at like, outside of finishing like he's he's got pretty good vision um you know he'll hit cutters he leads him to the spot so he's got that fun passing aspect um you know i i think that he's like you know pretty good in the post he's got good footwork very fluid he could turn middle finish with a strong hand and go opposite finish with his weak hand uh i don't know if he has like the best touch around the rim but it's like adequate enough um, Yeah. right like i do think that for like a fifth year seven footer you he's not as strong as you like would hope he's he'd be at this point um you know like i think he struggles to move bigger guys i don't know how big of an impact that would have at the next level you know like you know because i don't think a team is if he steps on an nba floor is gonna be like you know what why don't you go at Joel and beat on the block here? (laughs) Like, I mean, that's, that's a measuring stick that you test the center strength against is can they go up against and beat Nikola Jokic? So it's, it's probably not like super big deal. And obviously he'll continue to get stronger. The more work that he puts in Uh, defensively, I do think that he's probably reserved to be like a drop big, but uh, BC does use him at the level sometimes. Um, And, I'm not sure it translates to the next level when you have like consistently quicker, shiftier guard play, but it's something that BC is doing. So he has experience with it and you know, I'm not going to rule it out because I've, I've seen him do it, even though, you know, it's not something I would say that he needs to do consistently. Um, but for as fluid as he looks at times, sometimes I feel like his feet are a little heavy, especially like when he's closing out. You know, he's not somebody that you're going to be like, oh, look at those choppy feet on the closeout where he's sitting in his stand, you know, sitting in his stands with a high hand. Um, but he's he's a fluid dude. He could shoot. Uh, he's almost like bargain bin Kyle Filipowski in a lot of ways is okay. how I kind of look at him in this draft. So um, I, I I like him um, a, a good a bit, a good bit. He left an impression on me when I saw him last year and he's been even better this year so he's he's definitely a guy to keep on your radar for sure man yeah um i that's the thing that stood out about him to me was like he moves better than you think that he would at his size you know like Mm -hmm. you you spoke to how he can drive and kick it's crazy like how he'll up fake someone on the perimeter put the ball on the ground and still be able to finish at his size and you you talk about the strength. I'm with you. I think that he's going to get like that European strength knock that just almost always seems to be there. But I just think that he makes up for it in a lot of ways with, you know, obviously his size, but the level of fill and skill that he has to the, the stride and fluidity just stands out so much to me. I love the passing vision, too, that he has. You know, he just makes like smart, crisp plays. He's not going to throw like these 
Harrison Ingram from the from the block opposite corner over his shoulders or anything like that, but you trust him to string a play along, right? Which yeah, he NBA, does it from like the top of the key, like you know, and like horn sets stuff like that. Like yeah. I think he'll hit cutters, you know, find guys in that in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, and and that's the point that I want to make is that the NBA will run offense through big men all the time, so they can get these guards and wings open. And when you have like that obvious height of, height of eye advantage that he has, that that just gives you so much more utility in today's NBA. Um, gets after the glass too, as you could imagine for someone of his size. I just think, man, that he is. Um, you, we we talked about the defense. I don't want to get into it too much. It's just he doesn't leave his feet much on the defensive end. He's using his tools. Um, I much like you, I think that he's pretty comfortable playing in the drop, and I think that's going to be where he lives. I think that he could be like Luke Cornett in the NBA, which is not going to be like the sexiest draw, right? But I mean, that's like a multi year NBA player, and sure. that has to have value, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And especially right, so, if, he, if, he, if he innovates with some kind of defensive closeout technique like Luke Cornett did. Yeah, maybe he jumps backwards at the guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, right? just yeah. with like, with the, uh, with like something cool painted in his hair that just scares everybody like a butterfly. That would be awesome. <laughs> All right. So Corey, we're going to do the one for the road. Um, Kaiser in the, in the chat asks, and I think that this would be like a very cool, fun, appropriate way to close out the show. He says, it's not too much um, to ask. I, you know, he wants to know what each of our top 10 are. We can do top five. If not, if not top 10, I think top five would be fun just to yeah. kind of close out. Go, you know, because so. we give we, we give our no ceilings plus subscribers access to our big boards. So if you do want to see our full individual big boards, you can subscribe uh, subscribe to no ceilings plus at no ceilings So I think five, giving a preview with our top five is, is a pretty fair way to handle this. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just again, we we put out so much on no ceilings, uh, just like the the standard subscription. You're always going to get that. But I've just enjoyed the the ability just to go in Corey. I don't know if you've seen this, but when you go and update your board, like I'll see like these anonymous, like people in there just <laughs> looking at that stuff. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm being scrutinized right now. It's just, <laughs> it's a fun interaction, but let's go ahead, man. Uh, who do you have in your top five right now? Okay. Um, I have, should I go five down? I'll go to build anticipation. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> All right. So at five, I have Cody Williams from Colorado. Uh, we like talked that. about him a little bit earlier. Um, he's really impressed me. I like his combination of of size and, uh, you know, fluidity and ball handling and passing. I think there is potential for him to at least shoot it uh, a little bit because I like what he's got going up top, even if I don't love the base. Uh, at four, I have Alex Saar. Uh, at three, I have Jacoby Walter. Two, I have Nikola Topic. And one, I have Stefan Castle. And, and I think it's very close between the one and two for me. Okay, I love that. Yeah, so like you all go five to one. Someone asked about this guy earlier. He's fifth for me. I have Ryan Dunn at five. And one of the things that I mentioned in our exercise, man, is, um, and again, for, is that going to be available for No Ceilings Plus people? Or is that for everybody? What? The 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 the, uh, the video version of what? Uh, the video is going to be for No Ceilings Plus. Okay. Yeah. You're going to want that for, especially for the draft cycle <laughs> audience. We're talking about like, you could either watch Lord of the Rings or you can watch our draft. Uh, mock draft. <laughs> so um, just, just for you sickos out there, you're going to want to subscribe to no ceiling plus to get that. But Ryan Dunn was a guy that I, that I brought up and uh, was just like, this guy isn't even like that good at offense, but he's leading 
a D1 program in scoring right now. And he hasn't even figured out like everything that he can do on the offensive end. So um, I have him, I, I see Wesley in the chat. Are you worried about Ryan Dunn's offense for the team that we, that we took him to? Not at all. Like, I think that they're going to keep it simple for him, but the also like just- Virginia players typically don't score a lot, you know, like, like, Absolutely. I think they, they typically have a little bit more in their bag than like the system allows. Yeah. And, and, and that's a great point too. We talk about the shot, Corey, you brought up a great, uh, a great point is that the form looks way better than the, what the numbers are indicating. I love the slashing that he gives and uh, just every, like everything that he does is like based on effort, fill and timing. And I think that that typically translates up. And I think that once an NBA team gets their hands on him, he's just going to be one of these guys that just takes leaps in his offensive game moving forward. At number four, I have Nikola Topic. At number three, I have Stefan Castle. I have Alex Sarr at two. And then I have Jacoby Walter at one. Um, don't don't at all love um like looking at this every time and just thinking like, wow, okay, like this is who I have here, this is who I have here. I'm I mess with it all the time, but I just I that's that's where I'm living at, man. And I know that we got some some pretty unique omissions uh in our top five that People are going to be able to get a chance to hear about why we feel the way we do um, when this exercise drops. But Corey, man, I just uh, want to thank you for your time. Thanks for joining me, man. Like it's always fun whenever I get to link up and and talk shop with you, man, because you're you know not just blowing smoke or anything like that, but like highly value when it, what you bring to the table for the team and your scouting eye that you have, man. So appreciate you coming on here at, at uh, on Draft Sickos. But let's uh, take some time to to share some of the stuff that you got going on, man. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you asking me to come fill in for Maxwell. Big shoes to fill when it comes to covering psycho prospects. <laughs> um, so, but I had a lot of fun, man. This was, you know, brought me back to like uh, 2020 draft cycle when we would just, you know, chop it up like long form style about the draft like this. So, um, yep. for my first appearance on Draft Sickos, this was a, a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, I'm writing about Tyler Kolek. Not this week. I think next week, maybe the week. I don't. I don't know what the schedule is, but I'll have a piece on Tyler Kolick, um at some point. Uh, I'll probably write a for the No Ceilings Plus subscribers. I'll be writing another uh, scouting notebook from some of the events that I've seen uh, lately. After I see North Carolina in um, uh, UConn, uh, hoping hoping we get a Stephen Stephon Castle game there. And, uh, yeah, you know, just doing, doing some video work. We'll have some film sessions. Uh, I'm doing a Ron Holland film sesh, um, for the no ceilings YouTube channel. Don't know when that'll be out, but it will be out soon. So, uh, yeah, got some stuff cooking, uh, on the back burner too. There you go. Corey's always working. Even when it looks like he's not, that's whenever he is uh, his deadliest. Right. So, um, (laughs) as for myself, I just finished up a really fun player interview and if it sounds like I'm trying to sell it, I'm genuinely not like, I honestly feel this way. I just got done having like the coolest prospect interview that I have ever done. Corey, like I've interviewed some pretty, some pretty interesting guys um, over the past couple of years and Michael Ajayi out of Pepperdine, probably the coolest story that I have ever heard. And if anybody wants to, I defy you try to look up more information (laughs) on Michael Ajayi than what I give you out of our interview. 
it, it doesn't exist. I learned a lot through the interview just because there's not much on the guy. And we're talking, Corey, about a top 10 scorer and rebounder in college basketball right now. And like no one really knows who he is. So um, cool story, man. I can't wait for that to drop um, on the podcast feed. I'm obviously going to be writing a feature piece about him. That's coming down the works. Got some ideas uh, in the old noodle here, but uh, I won't speculate or drop it out because people will hold me accountable. But um, <laughs> but yeah, man, this has been fun. Uh, we'll wrap the show here. Big shout out to you, Corey. Big shout out to everyone at No Ceilings. Shout out to Maxwell holding it down on dad duty. Uh, you're a hero, brother. And thank you to everybody who tuned in live. Uh, the chat has been live. I love that. Just keep keep coming back. We love the interaction. And for everybody that's listening on podcast feed, please sure to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review all of that fun stuff. But until then, we will see you sickos next time. Much love, y'all.